Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's see, fix this. Melissa, can I see you for a second? It's the list and your boy with Jimmy Van and Sean Ross Sapp. With Jimmy and Sean, sell pills for your dumb. Make a fantastic song. Make a fantastic song. What's up, you got? What the hell is? What is going on up here, Camillo? What the hell Jim, are you doing, buddy? Jimmy. Jim, hey. <laughs> How's it going? <laughs> Oh How's it going? God. This is amazing. Oh, you know, I feel like this show is a comedy of errors. It's just what it is. It's just a comedy of errors. When it happens, it hey, is. Hey, Sean. I got hey, I got to just look at you like this. So, I'm first off, I'm really starting to dislike all the travel associated with this job. I came to Toronto earlier this week. Yeah. I mentioned on last week's list in your boy. Um We'll call it Three Days BC Fightful YouTube. Um, but whoa, Woo. Jimmy, Jesus Christ! Ow, quit it! <laughs> Jimmy, get it. At least we can have fun with it. This is going to be on a blooper reel. I don't know what the hell just happened. I don't know what just happened. Oh, that was amazing. That was amazing. So anyway, I'll lead the charge. I said that when I go to 
Sean Ross Saps Served Tall, presented by Primetime Wrestling, April 2nd, 4 p.m., Tampa, Florida, Coppertail Brewery. Move me over, to... Camillo. You're still off the, uh, the Wait, angle there. Come but... on. Mute your mic when you say that. I don't know how to do that. There's a button on the microphone. Anyway, I wanted to carry the fight. Can you hear me? Can you God hear me? Damn it, Jimmy. That Can you do not it? sell the fucking tech issues for oh, one time? It's entertaining. One time. It's not that entertaining when I'm trying to get to a point and you're like, Camillo, what, what, what's going on over here? Uh, My voice doesn't sound like that. Anyway, I said I was going to carry Nigel, the- you might want to jump in. God damn, Jimmy. Go, Sean. I said I wanted to carry the Fightful Championship in there. So I'm renewing my effort. Quit it. I'm going <laughs> to hide behind your chair now. <laughs> So continue, continue. Can I? What the hell is going on here? I don't know. What a train wreck this is. Seriously. Go ahead, Sean. Jimmy. Anyway. Yeah, I'm going to keep trying to win the Fightful Championship. I'm going to do what I can. Every single week, we definitely didn't film all these back in the summer. Um, <laughs> you know, you always say don't sell the tech stuff. And then Jimmy, you, I'm And then you pull back long, the curtain. Then you pull back the curtain. I'm going to have long hair in... Like 20 interviews that I'm releasing. You know something? Like, That's a good point I never thought of. That's a good point. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Why, why treat our viewers like they're stupid? We had some clips that we filmed yeah. for the Fight Championship. We've had 732 producers since then. Um, I sure never Camillo- even thought about the hair thing. So let's let's do this first. Um Okay, Camillo, are you, are you on track? Are we okay to keep going with by the, the By the way, guys, subscribe, leave a thumbs up, hit the bell notification, please. YouTube's throttling our views. We'll get to that momentarily. So Sean just mentioned about a, a show. So this is going to be uh, over WrestleMania week in Tampa. Some promoter has actually wanted to, to have Sean Ross Sapp host a show for some reason. We have the graphic. Camillo, can you put up the graphic from the poster? This is what they posted on Twitter, I think, today. Primetime Wrestling. Primetime Pro Wrestling out of Primetime Washington, D.C. Look at that. Live Pro Wrestling. Primetime Pro Wrestling presents Sean Ross Sapp served tall. Look at that. Wow. Amazing, isn't it? It's, isn't it? It's something. It's something to it's be gonna old. Be, it's going to be an event. It's going to be a good time. Um, I legitimately consider Primetime Pro Wrestling one of the best indie promotions there is. They have quickly emerged. They did the Faye Jackson-Joey Ryan match that got – Quite a bit of attention a while back. I believe I believe that was them. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, it'll probably be a one and done. I don't look forward to doing many of these hosting gigs, but they assured me that uh, my booking fee would go to a good cause. So I figured, why not? I'm going to be in Tampa anyway. Might as well do it. There you go. Well, last week, January 15, was a very busy week in terms of pro wrestling news. There was a lot of non-WWE news that happened to break last week, like the AEW TV deal and the Tessa Blanchard Twitter stuff and Marty Skrull, Ring of Honor. My hand's still coming through the screen, Camillo. Uh, So all of that stuff happened last week. And we taped a show last week because we didn't have our YouTube channel. And then wouldn't you know, OBS glitched out. Sean's audio didn't record. And so we didn't actually get to air a, uh, a show last week, even though it was a very, very busy news week. Hopefully uh, we stay on the air live this week. Let's talk about the YouTube thing, Sean. Oh, boy. Yeah, let's. <laughs> We're back live after about a month and a half or so. To, uh, to all six of our viewers, probably. 
after everything that just happened, possibly. We have six live viewers right now. It's very possible. But uh, basically, I'm sure some people are wondering, especially if you're a YouTube creator, you might be wondering what happened in case this happens to you. So we spent a month. I spent a month personally trying to find specific people. I did not just you know, hit up monkeys. I hit up specific people at YouTube, specific people at Warner Brothers. I found email addresses. I found phone numbers. I called these people. I emailed these people. And at first, it's funny how, how a 180 happened, Sean. At first, Warner Brothers was very responsive, very receptive. YouTube was not. They were completely silent. Then next thing I knew, Warner Brothers went completely silent. But then last Thursday, somebody at YouTube, somebody in copyright, they forwarded my uh, my email to somebody within YouTube Disputes. And that same day, last Thursday, Sean Ross Sapp uh, tells me that a visitor of Fightful, a, a uh, amazing human being by the name of Alex, was friends with a Google executive. So he put Sean in touch with this Google executive. Sean put me in touch with them. I talked to them. I gave them all the information. Next thing I know, last Friday, Sean says, uh, our channel's back up. And so I checked my email, and I got two emails about 30 minutes apart. One was from YouTube Dispute saying, uh, upon further review, we have reinstated your channels. And the other was from this Google executive because Sean had emailed them saying thanks. And they responded saying, actually, I just submitted your claim, so I don't think they got to it that fast. My opinion is that YouTube Disputes was looking at my file, and as they were looking at my file, that claim came in from that Google executive. Yeah. And, the, and the combination of them um, made them flip the switch and put the channels back, and that's what I think happened. But, yeah, uh, I, as as we told as we told that person, um, it would have been too much of a coincidence for them to not have something to do with it. Yes, after you you exhausted, quite frankly, contacts. I had exhausted contacts. In it's it's you know there's still a lot of weird stuff going on there. I mean. We, this is not the first time we got hosed by YouTube or somebody else. The DAZN thing, DAZN did that. WWE hit us with a copyright strike before uh, when we had our, our live streaming like taken down. Like That happened a lot, and Jimmy is out in front of me again. Yeah, there this we is, go. This, is, this is becoming another train wreck episode again. That's all right. It, it's a video issue. It's not that big of a deal. But... We've had this happen before. WWE has really bad copyright claim policies. They do this all the time. DAZN does this all the time, apparently. Not only that, when I reached out to DAZN to say, hey, can you all remove this fake copyright claim? What did they do? They said, well, we could whitelist you and you could run some DAZN footage if you put a banner on Fightful. And I'm like, wait, wait, wait a second. You want me to give you ad space on our site that costs somebody else money mm. for you to do your fucking job right? No, that that's not okay. Now, ultimately, YouTube is not a utility. It's a platform, and they reserve the right to do whatever the hell they want, which is why they don't really have a rush to do this stuff. But the amount that we make in a month like helps us pay for like one full-time writer. Like it's mm. It's not an insignificant amount that we make and that was gone effectively for really two months, Jimmy, November and December, because of all the live streaming limitations that we had in November from WWE and everything from December to now. I'm very happy and fortunate that we got it back for the McGregor fight and for the Royal Rumble. Yep. But I'm cautiously optimistic also in doing this, Jimmy, 
I noticed that YouTube throttles our views. And a lot of people might go, what the hell does that mean? Well, if you look at the live viewers right now, it's probably about, I don't know, 33% of what it used to be like four months ago or so before these copyright strikes hit. When I did my own channel unmonetized with 2,000 subscribers, our raw SmackDown views, uh, Wednesday views, would be, I don't know, 30, 40% higher than they are on this channel with 10 times the subscribers. It's real weird, some of the stuff that, that we're experiencing. Uh, fortunately, people are coming to the site. Our traffic is, it seems like it's improving monthly, which is good, but tap that bell, guys. Tap that bell. And, and we've yeah. had people say, oh, it's the algorithm because there's no activity. No, this was happening before, before we had the no activity. This was happening in late November, early December, after we got those those uh, live stream strikes that were complete trash. Um, we were getting a lot of stuff like that, and we were remarkably active, Jimmy. Maybe even too too active on YouTube. Yeah. Damn. Well, you know, we've devoted a lot of time to this topic, so we should move on. Uh, so last week when we were taping the podcast that didn't air, uh, right in the middle of the podcast, Sean Ross Sapp told me that word had broke that Rocky Johnson passed away. And yeah. uh, I want to touch upon Rocky Johnson. So uh, I, I was trying to figure out his age. Uh, according to Wikipedia, which is not the be-all, end-all, said he was 76. Dave Meltzer says that he may have been 79 because if you look at when he uh, broke into the business and what his age was around that time, he might have been 79. But uh, he passed away last Wednesday. He had a, a Dwayne Johnson himself posted on Instagram. It was a massive heart attack brought on by a blood clot that traveled mm -hmm. to his lungs and triggered a massive heart attack. Um, one half of the first ever black WWE Tag Team Champions with Tony Atlas. Everybody knows that. Uh, a lot of people may not know that he was Canadian. He was from Nova Scotia. And I'll tell you something interesting, Sean. I actually know Rocky Johnson's brother, Ricky Johnson. He lives in, okay. Ontar he lives in Ontario. And he used to promote independent shows in the late 90s, early 2000s. And I went to a bunch of those shows and I met him a bunch of times. And we even talked about co-promoting shows. Uh, looks just like his brother. And uh, so my condolences to him. Uh, you know, he's probably best known now as The Rock's dad, which is kind of unfortunate, I guess, because he had a pretty solid career in his own right. But yeah. now, now whenever you hear Rocky Johnson, they always say the father of Dwayne The Rock Johnson. But my condolences to his family. He had a hell of a run. He was a pioneer in a lot of ways. He was a hell of an athlete. Uh, and, uh, yeah, my condolences to his family. We had mentioned last week that the Young Rock series got picked up and we're sure that he figured to be uh, portrayed in that. And mm -hmm. my real first exposure to Rocky Johnson was him helping introduce his son to WWE because he was a little bit before my time. Um, this is – it's really sad news and – it is a bummer, and especially yeah, he's he's a history maker. I love the tribute to him on WWE programming. It's sad to see see him go for sure. So next week, it looks like we might have to move the list and your boy from yeah. Wednesday to Thursday or Friday for one week it, only. Yeah, probably probably Friday. I'm gonna be. I won't get home until like seven. I won't get home till like nine that night. Thursday, Thursday night. night. Okay. So we might have to move the list on your boy for one week only to next Friday. <laughs> Why is it, Sean Ross Sapp, that we might have to move the list on your boy to next Friday for one week? Um, because I'm going to Columbus XL 
also known as Cleveland. I'm going to be in Cleveland. And why are you going to Cleveland, Sean Rossap? I want to uh, – have you ever seen that Fun Times in Cleveland Again video? Uh, I don't know. I remember Cleveland Rocks. No, it ain't that. It ain't that, my friend. Uh, the, the, the last lyric of the song is, at least we're not Detroit. Um, I'm, I'm going to go to the AEW show and probably get my hair cut. It's going to be very interesting. It's going to, uh, I don't know, I, maybe we won't give all the details in case they change them, but uh, but that is the plan. Yes. Sean, Sean also has some plans potentially to get some interviews done while he's there. And you know what I want to see Sean Ross at? What? I, I want to see you perform Sweet Caroline in a karaoke bar. Well, that probably ain't going to happen. I, I, know, I know a couple of people in AEW. I could ask them to make it happen. You probably could, but I, I don't know if it's going to happen. But I am going to be running around Cleveland. Hey, running Cleveland, around Cleveland, running around Cleveland. I'm, I'm not driving there. <laughs> I'm, I'm not. I don't, I'm not going to have a car. I'll probably be Ubering. I'm just picturing you running around the streets of Cleveland. Yeah, well, I'm staying like three tenths of a mile from the AEW show, but um, uh, I'm, I'm going to hit up a bunch of Cleveland wrestlers. Uh, hopefully, I can interview some AEW people. Going to talk to some people from AIW as well. Uh, the big indie promotion out of there going to talk to a little bit of everybody, but I'm excited and a little bit nervous. Uh, I'm going to do a video that'll probably go up on my channel about why I'm cutting my hair and the story behind that. Maybe it'll motivate some other people to donate their hair. But yeah, because we were expecting this to happen in Chicago. Well, okay. Originally, we were expecting this to happen in Tampa, Mm. then in Chicago. And now it just got moved up in the past week to next week. Mm-hmm. Damn. And honestly, had we not set this up, I probably just would have done it at the at the damn show. At Sean Ross Apps served tall. Yes. Would have booked Brutus and had him come in there, put me to sleep, cut my hair, something like that. But Yes, yes. Well, I mean, you know, what, what we're doing is just more with the times. And so uh, and so I think it'll be very interesting. Now, I want to uh, move hold on. on. Before we go further... Uh, we're having super chat issues. We don't know what's going on with that. Again? We're, yeah, we're trying to fix the AdSense thing. A couple nights ago, refreshing helped. It doesn't seem like it is tonight. And a lot of people want to give us money, Jimmy. Okay, we're going to have to figure out. This is not an OBS thing. This is uh, no. some kind of oh, YouTube no. glitch. Let's hit up that Google executive. If you wouldn't mind sending them an email, Sean. Well, I mean, I don't even know if it's that. I think it's the AdSense issues. I don't think we have the new AdSense or I don't even know if we have a new AdSense. It worked before, though. It wor- it did, but it stumbled uh, night uh, Monday night, and then yeah. it started to work. I I I blame Melissa. I still think we should email that executive, have them have them take a look. I think so. We should get okay. on that. So I want to mention that person repeatedly on the air. No, no. I uh, that's why I just used the term Google executive, and that's it. Yeah. I want to move on. I'm going to retell the action figure story. I'm going to retell it. Uh, okay. And it's, it's unfortunate because you and I had a good laugh last week about the people I told you about that DM me. And it was all organic and funny and we lost it. But I'm going to retell the story. So uh, people that watch this probably know that I am an avid collector of the WWF LJN action figure line from the 80s, the big 8-inch rubber wrestlers. I, yeah. collect them, I collect them MOC, which means mint on card which means fresh in the package. I got the entire set, all the variants, everything. I, pro- I think I have the, the largest MOC collection in the world. Uh, there has been this little phenomenon in that market over the last few years uh, regarding prototypes. 
And what these prototypes are, and I'm not going to bore people, but the long and short of it is they would use the molds to make a resin version, which is like a plaster version of the figure, paint it all up, getting it looking the way they want it to look, get the green light on it, then mass produce it. Uh, and that's how they did it. And so these resin ones are referred to as prototypes. They would use them in a lot of the print ads and whatnot. And over the last few years, they've become a popular thing to collect in addition to the LG Online. I stay away from them mostly because there are some talented artists uh, that I figured out that you can take the rubber version, you can 3D scan it, 3D print it in resin material, paint it up, and it looks exactly like the prototypes. So I stay away from them unless they either come from a reputable collector or they have a uh, good backstory. And I discovered uh, uh, Mr. Zach Ryder, who is a known collector. He's got a podcast called the Major, what's called Major League. Wrestling Figure Podcast. Wrestling Figure Podcast. He did one on Christmas Day about the LGM line. And I discovered watching that, that he had one particular prototype that's on my bucket list. And uh, so I reached out to him. Uh, he was not interested in selling it. He himself said, you would have to wow me with the offer. Uh, I guess I wowed him with the offer. <laughs> I, got, I got those three figures, and there was one caveat that I threw in, and that caveat is he was going to cut a video for me. He did it. We have it. And here's our little cameo from a WWE superstar. Play that video, Camilla. Hey, guys. This is Matt Cardona from the Major Wrestling Figure Podcast, a.k.a. The Thousand Dollar Broski, a.k.a. The Michael Jordan of Wrestling Figure Collecting, a.k.a. WWE Superstar, Zack Ryder, and I've got some sad news. Uh, well, sad for me, uh, but I have sold three of my LJN prototypes to Jimmy Van, and uh, right here. Uh, I gotta say goodbye. First, Andre the Giant Series 1 unpainted resin prototype. Beautiful, but uh, leaving the collection. Also, leaving my collection, Mean Gene Oakland alternate pose resin hand-painted prototype and last but certainly not least miss elizabeth alternate pose resin prototype i gotta cover her up uh you know why uh i'm gonna miss these figures but jimmy van will love them and i just want to give a shout out to the list and your boy podcast friends of the major wrestling figure podcast who'd he ever beat yeah <laughs> I mean, at least he had his WrestleMania moment for the Intercontinental title. You know, at least it's a great he had, moment. He had yeah, a WrestleMania moment this year or last year, winning the tag titles. Him and Kurt Hawkins. That was at the, WrestleMania. Yeah, ending the losing streak. God, I don't even remember anymore. But I, uh, I, I talk to him, you know, semi regularly about this stuff, and mm -hmm. uh, and he's actually a pretty good guy. And uh, I was telling Sean last week when we were doing this podcast, I have a alias Facebook account strictly for LJN stuff, and I posted a picture. Of those three prototypes. So the Mean Gene Oakland is the one that was on my bucket list because it's the alternative pose that they never actually released. Uh, I've talked to somebody that used to work at LGN. They told me that what they would do is they would make a pose. They actually would send them to Vince McMahon. This is back in the 80s. And Vince McMahon would personally approve them. And if he didn't like them, they would have to redo them. And so they made that Mean Gene Okerlund. For whatever reason, Vincent Man didn't approve it. And then they redid it. And the one that they released was the, the, was the other pose. So the first one I wanted, uh, I got it from Zack Ryder. And I was telling Sean, I posted a photo on Facebook. And I censored the Miss Elizabeth. Because the Miss Elizabeth is a naked Miss Elizabeth that an employee made for fun. So I censored it. And I told Sean, you would not believe how many DMs I got 
asking me for the uncensored pick of the naked Miss Elizabeth action figure. Nigel, I got so many DMs asking me for the uncensored pick. People are insane. And I told them, sorry, I'm not posting that photo. That's Why not? I want the views. Right, right. I want you the want the views. clacks. Yeah, yeah. But that's what happened. Oh, and I want to tell you one more little Zack Ryder story uh, before I forget. And I told Sean this. So uh, uh, Matt Cardona, Zack Ryder, he sends me these, these figures. Uh, and he's pretty good at correspondence. He'd be like, hey, Jimmy, did you get them yet? Did you get them yet? I got them. And then he said to me, do me a favor. He said, because he knows about the podcast and everything. He said, wait a couple of weeks before you publicly announce that you got these figures because I don't want people to think that my podcast was used as a commercial to sell them. Yeah. And, and I told him, nobody thinks that. Nobody no. thinks that. Like, you were just showing them off. You're talking about the history of LJNs. No one's going to think that. And to his credit, when I first approached him about buying them, he said, they're not for sale unless you're able to wow me. He said that's, that wasn't the, the intention of the podcast. So I just kind of wanted to tell that story uh, in case Mark Cardona sees this. Nobody thought that at all. You know, they just thought that you were telling the history of LJNs. But yeah, as, as I mentioned on the Lost podcast, like there's nothing that I've ever seen of his content that makes me think he's, he's running an infomercial no. or something. No. He even buys very expensive stuff in the packaging that, quite frankly, he could probably buy loose at a much cheaper price yeah. and then unboxes it yeah. let him breathe is his whole catchphrase yeah. for that yeah. thing yeah yeah but that's basically what happened i want to move on and talk about the royal rumble because it's this weekend and uh i want to ask sean first off the men's rumble my pick is one of three guys for the men's rumble I think it's going to be somebody from the Raw brand because uh, uh, I don't think The Fiend, you know, given the mystique of The Fiend, I don't think that guys in storyline want the shot at The Fiend in story. So I think it's going to be a Raw guy going after Brock Lesnar. I think it's going to be either Drew McIntyre or Bobby Lashley. And it might be Cain Velasquez. And I know that Cain, I think, is supposed to be a SmackDown guy. Uh, but I think it'll be Lashley, McIntyre, or Cain Velasquez. Who do you think? Oh, I hope it's not Cain. Mm-hmm. You think it'll be Lashley? So Damn. the reason, so I know that Vince McMahon, I don't think looks at Lashley the way that I do. Uh, I look at Lashley as this ass kicking machine. I look at Lashley as former MMA fighter, just like Brock Lesnar. He's as big as Brock Lesnar. He's as strong as Brock Lesnar. He's as tough as Brock Lesnar. And the reason that I'm going to give him an outside shot is because he has now beaten Rusev twice on television. And when I look at that, I think to myself, maybe they're moving him on. Like he just beat Rusev again on television maybe they're moving him on and maybe this is his opportunity to to move on we'll see it, it does look like they're going to probably do a split with him and lana first because they were teasing dissension yes but uh i think because he just beat rusev again maybe that's their plan them planting the seed that he's going to move on to something else but uh him or mcintyre i think most likely and then like i said maybe came velasquez I think Reigns, mcintyre are the two most likely i think those are the ones that we're looking at and as somebody pointed out, I did a Royal Rumble Q&A on Fightful Select today that's going to drop on Thursday. Uh, I wouldn't doubt that Brock's opponent emerges – Brock's opponents for or for the next Saudi show emerge from here because Brock's probably working that Saudi show. I mean, Absolutely, he, 100%. So, I mean, it would make sense to have his opponent emerge from here. Yeah, it's possible. I mean, they treat those shows like a one-off. You know, so I could see them putting him in there against somebody maybe he's wrestled before, mm-hmm. uh, maybe Rey Mysterio or something. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's very possible. Now, the women's rumble, 
Uh, I'm thinking Charlotte or Sasha. I think one or the other. I don't think anybody else. Maybe there's an outside chance, uh, Shayna Baszler, if they use NXT talent. Uh, I mean, they got it. There's not enough women. Right. And they've only announced five people for it. Yep, yep. But otherwise, I think Charlotte or Sasha are, are most likely. Now, in terms of surprises, we already know Kane. I think Booker T is probably in it because he's been he's been teasing it enough. I think Booker T is probably in it. I also think Paige is going to be in it. Mm-hmm. She's been hinting at it a lot, and I and don't I think so. Well, I, I know the whole clearance thing and stuff, but she's been hinting at it a lot. Like I saw an interview she did in the UK with Stephanie McMahon putting over the TV deal, which we'll talk about later, and she was kind of hinting about it a little bit on WWE backstage. She's get it. She gets asked about it, and she says, "Stay tuned, and we'll see." I can't help but wonder if they might do something simple with her that's safe in the Rumble. But uh, I think there's an outside shot. And then the other one, The Undertaker, he's been at the Performance Center, right? Yes, he has. So maybe there's a chance that Taker's going to be a surprise. What do you think about uh, the surprise element? I think Undertaker could be a surprise. I need to say that anything that I say here is my hunch and not a goddamn report. But um, I think I, I wouldn't be shocked if we saw The Undertaker or Ronda Rousey. I wouldn't be shocked if we saw this. I mean... I say wouldn't be shocked as in it's not out of the realm of possibility. I don't think, uh, do I think either one will happen? I think the undertaker is much more likely than Ronda Rousey, but wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me if Ronda Rousey doesn't have the family thing kicking into full gear. If she got involved with WrestleMania, I mean, why what, what's a few more months waiting in that regard, but does Taker still live in Houston? I don't know where the hell he lives. I, I assume okay. so. Okay. Cause if he does, it's pretty convenient. <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, why not? But if he's been at the Performance Center, that ain't that convenient. Well, no, you're right. Although I'm sure they take care of travel for him. You know, yeah, make, oh, they yeah. make it easy. But, sure. Uh, now, he's getting paid to sit at home, too. Well, that's true, too. And good, probably more. I, I remember that I used to hear that he made a million a year for one match a year at WrestleMania. And uh, granted, he does the Saudi shows now and stuff, but I bet you they've upped that. I bet you he's probably pulling in two or three just to do a couple matches well, a year. Yeah, they don't want him doing a podcast with Conrad. Yeah, and quite frankly, if there's a guy on the roster that deserves it, it's the Undertaker. Yeah, that exactly. Guy, that guy busted his ass. He he like worked through injuries. He was so loyal to the company that he absolutely deserves it. Now the you, how, how you always do that. You you say your point and then you're like, bam, next thing. Quick, because I got a lot to go through. That's you why. You know what's funny? Booker T is on the Chris Jericho cruise right now, which is filming AEW episodes. Didn't he just like pull out a Starcast? Because of the war is real and all this stuff. And then I heard that on the sh- on the boat, he said, I'm a grown man and I do what I want. And I'm like, wait a second. That doesn't make sense to me. Only My only guess is WWE told them to pull out a StarCast. And they didn't mention anything about the cruise. And uh, that's got to be what it was. I can't think of it being anything else. If I'm a WWE wrestler, ask for forgiveness, not for permission. You know how many WWE wrestlers have gotten in trouble for talking to me? None. None ever. When Seth Rollins gave me a statement on the record, Uh nothing. When Corey Graves did, nothing. When anybody does it on their own, they do not get in trouble. I had somebody today um, ask me how WWE feels about that, a a wrestler. And I'm like, well, they're hot and cold on it. It's really whatever day they decide. I hit up WWE for Survivor Series, for Royal Rumble, for uh, the December 26th show, uh, WWE on Fox debut, the Performance Center media junkets, 
haven't heard anything back since SummerSlam, but then out of nowhere they'll be like, hey, here's here's a bunch of interviews type of things. If if WWE wrestlers do them on their own, they will not get in trouble for it because what leg does WWE have to stand on? Oh, we're, sure. We're, we're oh, you independent contractor that is classified as such. You're not allowed to talk to this person. You're not allowed to do an interview to this person. Ask for forgiveness, not for permission. Sure, I mean, especially now given the landscape, AEW just is is going to be launching another two hour weekly show. Yeah. Uh, so you know, you could say before, well, they had too much talent for two hours. Well, they're not going to have too much talent for four. And so, uh, if you're a WWE talent, that that's why you and I talked in the past. If you're Roman Reigns, you do whatever the hell you want. If yeah. you if you think it's a stupid promo, then don't say suffer and suck a tash. Because it's stupid. The only the only issue with a guy like Roman is I don't know if he recognizes what's good and what's bad. I I just don't know if he recognizes yeah. it. But a lot of guys sure as hell do, and and that's why like I wouldn't worry about it. Drew McIntyre, I saw a thing with him where he said he's got you know the freedom now to kind of be himself. Yeah, be yourself. They're not going to fire you. An you know update I mean? on uh, super chat. We did get the money, guys. It's showing the money, but it's not actually showing your super chats except for this one where Logan Hollingsworth says testing super chat. If anybody can send me the ones that we had missed before that, I will read them on the air. Aaron Jay's fan says, Humberto gets a U.S. title shot? No! That's how I feel, Jimmy. Isn't he your favorite wrestler of uh, 2019? Last I remember, <laughs> he got knocked out on the floor after losing a top contender match for the U.S. title. So how does he get... He gets to take a... Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details vacation come back also jimmy why do you have the mask on monday there's a lot about monday i didn't understand sean there's and a lot about Carrillo i don't understand jimmy. well here here's one thing i didn't understand so he jumps andrade in the aisle uh they start brawling then for no apparent reason they stop mm -hmm. and they were only about 10 feet apart and Humberto just stops fighting with him. Andrade stops fighting with Humberto. Now, you could see why Andrade would want to stop fighting with Humberto because he didn't, you know, he wasn't the instigator of that brawl. Humberto has reason to be mad. He stopped fighting with Andrade for no reason, stood there looking at him, and then went and checked on Rey Mysterio. And I watched that and I thought to myself, this kid does not have a clue. He doesn't have a clue. Yeah. And I don't care if WWE said, uh, you know, attack Andrade and he's going to run to the back and then go check on Rey Mysterio. Use your head. Andrade's standing right there. He's 10 feet from you. He, just yeah. dro he dropped you head feet on the cement floor. And for no reason, he just stopped brawling with him and looked at him. And I watched that and I thought to myself, the kid doesn't get it. He just doesn't get it. That's, no, that's, that's not, really all there is to not, it. It's he's not ready yet. Yeah, no, no, I agree. I agree. That was the first time. I mean, I realize, you know, his promos suck, but I also always look at it like Vince McMahon. I don't know if he does it for his own personal entertainment, 
but he has a knack for making guys do the things that are their weakness. He has ricochet cut promos when that's an obvious weakness. He has Shinsuke Nakamura cut promos when that's an obvious weakness. And he has Humberto cut promos. I don't blame Humberto for that. I blame Vince McMahon for that. But things, again, like, like stop when you stop fighting with Andrade for no apparent reason, that kind of stuff is just stupid. And, uh, and it is what it is. Uh, I want to talk about WWE's new UK deal. Did you ever think you'd ever see a situation, even though it's loose, where WWE and Impact have the same partnership? Even though, yes. Even though it's loose? You did yes, think you just, would see that? Just the last few years, just because we started to see Impact footage on the network. That's the only time. I never thought it's before. Fair. You know what? I never, never thought, thought of that. that. That's yeah. fair. Well, uh, when WWE announced that they were going to be ending their 30-year run with Sky Sports <laughs> and that they were going to be shifting their broadcast rights over to BT Sport... Um, to me, that was pretty problematic because their viewership on Sky Sports was pretty low as it was. You know, they've had declining popularity. It might be at an all-time low. Their television ratings might be at an all-time low. BT Sport is another level down in, term, in terms of viewership and subscribers. And so when it was first announced, there were some media outlets in the U.K. like The Sun that would kind of tease that they were working on something else. And it, it has come out now that WWE uh, is going to be airing on Channel 5, which is a free-to-air station in the UK. Starting on February 2nd, they're going to be airing one-hour highlight episodes of Raw and SmackDown uh, at 10.30 morning uh, time slots. Raw is going to be Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. SmackDown is going to be Saturday morning at 10.30 a.m. And Channel 5 is a major station. I don't know what, what the morning time slot is going to look like, but Channel 5 is a major station. Uh, and so that's a massive, massive step up for WWE. And what makes it interesting, again, is that uh, Five Star, which is the channel that Impact airs on, is a channel operated by Channel 5. And so in a roundabout way, they kind of have the same partnership. I should also note that NXT UK is going to air on Paramount, which is another channel operated yeah. by Channel 5 in the UK. So these are great for WWE. Again, their popularity in the UK, they've been leaking uh, for a few years now. And even though this is just going to be a highlight episode... They're going to be in front of so many more eyeballs, so it's good yeah. news for them. And like you said, their popularity had waned quite a bit. You would hear these, quite frankly, scary viewership numbers. I'm talking like uh, post-ban Fightful YouTube numbers low, like real bad numbers. Uh, so them getting a shot in the arm is definitely what they need, especially in this climate where they're in competition, quite frankly. Uh, they they need that, and it is it is a little bit weird to see Impact and WWE on that, especially con considering even just a few years ago you'd always hear how big TNA was in the UK too. That like there was a time, if you remember Jimmy, where people were like they should just move to the UK type of thing, but it wasn't realistic. Yeah. Uh, reading these super chats are realistic though. Rocky says congrats on the resurrection of the channel. Anakin says any way Becky can beat Oscar with Oscar still looking strong. Yeah, I oh, think absolutely. Anyway, uh, Becky's the biggest women's wrestling star in history, and ever. Becky Becky has done a phenomenal job of putting over Oscar. Did you see? She's the, done did an you see amazing the interview on backstage. I, I saw a couple little clips of it, not much. More she was that. like, "Oscar is a monster, and I want to make her look like one." And I mean, here's the thing: make her look strong. That's what Becky's been doing for a year and a half now is making Oscar look strong. Yeah, she's never beat her. I uh, agree. Wild Boy says, thanks for the continued support, SRS. I'm forever thankful to Fightful. Well, uh, uh, we're thankful to you. Uh, hope things are going better for Wild Boy, one of our great followers uh, personally. But 
Uh, we were just talking about the women's division. Melina, five-time former world champion, NWA hard times this uh, Friday. We're going to have full coverage of that. I have an interview with her dropping Friday as well. But right now, you get a little peek at it. Take a listen. We, we saw you in Raw Reunion. How, how did that come together? Who reached out to you to make that deal happen? Oh, Corano. Corano did. And, and that was, like, really great to me. It was really good for my soul. Like, I loved it. I loved, like, connecting, reconnecting with everybody and seeing how everybody's doing. Like, I kind of forget that it's been so long. Like, oh, my goodness. It's been, like, eight or nine years. And to be able to see everybody again and see how, like, you know, everybody has families and they've gotten older. And it's like, oh, man, I missed you guys. So it was very therapeutic for me. What what had changed the most since you had been there? I don't know. It's just, I guess maybe it's just a, that it's different people. I could tell, like, for the reunion, the people who came back, we were all, like, you know, more bubbly. But yeah. probably because we don't work there all the time, so it's like everybody's <laughs> all happy to bring in. <laughs> yeah. But it was just like the different energy-wise where it's like we were more like chipper and then they were more serious. <laughs> now, I know from about – I think it was about 2012 to 2015 you had, you had stepped away from wrestling at least in the ring. Did you think that you were ever going to come back? And, and what was the motivation for you taking that time off? What I wanted to do was um, because I was in a relationship at the time, like I felt like that I I needed to cater to my relationship and thinking like I wanted to be a supportive, um, significant other and make sure that that person's dreams all came true and that it was about them and it wasn't about me. Because sometimes I feel like when it comes to um, sometimes you need a person to be the, the rock and the foundation, the person at home while it's while another one goes on because sometimes the two people do it at the same time and i'm not saying sometimes i'm not saying it's impossible to do that two people set out and get their um start their dreams and they go for it um at the same time but i feel like since my personality type tends to nurture that i was going to take on that role and then go back to school and do psychology and so that's what i um i plan on doing so that's why i took the time off and then when it didn't work out it was like well you know before I settle down and finish school, go back to school, like, like full-time, I want to travel the world. So I wanted to travel the world and just start, like, you know, seeing as many fans as I can and thank them for, for my career because, I mean, they show me so much love. Like, I'm a sick fan, but <laughs> the thing is when I got let go and I thought everybody, you know, nobody could see who I was as a human being. Like, it's, I love my character and I love how healing she is. But it kind of hurt me because it was like I was invisible because nobody could see the person that I was in real life. And so no matter who I came in contact with, it seemed like nobody could ever see me. But after I left, people started to see me through social media and they started to show love. And I was so grateful for that that I wanted to give back. That full interview drops Friday. It is already up for Fightful Select Tier 2 subscribers. Reminder, FightfulSelect.com, the most direct way to support us. Alex's Sour Graps dropped a couple days late this week, but we have the list goes on today. We have the Royal Rumble Q&A podcast tomorrow. That was my favorite Q&A to ever do. Uh, Anakin says, how dumb is it that when Worlds Collides, there are several NXT versus UK matches when two months ago they were just united at Survivor Series? I don't have as much of a problem with that, but I'm, I'm not excited for Worlds Collide at all. 
it is an insignificant show to me. There's no stakes. Yeah, it's funny. I have the matches in front of me here. I mean, I'm a fan of Walter. Uh, I'm, I don't like the fact that he said that he didn't care about the Survivor Series match because that's pretty stupid. But well, I, consi considering how – sorry to interrupt. Considering yeah. how he was booked, I think that made sense. I know, but still. Like, he – he uh, whatever. I, I just think it was a stupid thing for him to say. I think um, what, Do you think it was maybe a little bit in character? Because I don't think that's something that he would just throw out there. Possible, maybe. It's possible. And, and that would make sense to me. Uh, it's possible. Justin, Justin Wally says, Jimmy, you're the man mad props from Ottawa. Oh, yeah, there you go. I went to Carleton University. That's cool. I see that weed is legal there now. It's legal um, everywhere, buddy. Legal uh, everywhere. It shows in that super chat. Uh, Rob Wilkins says, love the show. I say this jokingly. You guys need two airplanes to get the show going. <laughs> Do you think that house show attendance will be down for 2019? Have you heard the two planes thing? No. So uh, there was a, a bit of an, a Melter audio that was released where he mentioned that that two master tapes were flo flown to TNT for AEW Dynamite on two separate planes to make sure that a master tape got there for AEW Dynamite. Okay. Yeah. I don't know what else to tell you. I mean, well, all right. I, as I posted on Twitter, the, the Crown Prince of the Bahamas might ground your plane, and then at least you got one in the air. You got a good backup. That's cute. That's and cute. I think that we need that for this show, apparently. You know what? I will tell you one match for the uh, the UK show that, I'm, that should be interesting is uh, Rhea Ripley, Tony Storm. Yeah. I see money in Tony Storm. Like, I just do. I there, there are certain people that you look at, and I just think there's money in that person. Yeah. Lacey Evans, I've always felt there's money in Lacey Evans if they use her right. Tony Storm, I see money in her. Velveteen Dream, I see money in him. There's certain people that I just see money in them, and uh, Tony Storm is one of those people. Well, here here's a super chat question that might play into that. Uh, who do you think will be a first-time champion in 2020, that coming from Andy Quigley? First-time WWE any champion? I would say world champion or probably women's champion. World champion or women's champion? Or universal, you know, if you're getting technical. Uh, Drew McIntyre. It's a fair bet, I think. Yeah, they. I think they, for me, when he won the triple threat with Randy Orton and AJ Styles, that told me they're going to go with him. They should. And, yeah, I agree. I agree. He's, he's, now that he's, I mean, I will say this on Raw, uh, because he was in the ring with Randy Orton, he, they treated him a bit like a heel until the end of the match. But uh, but I, I, I feel like they see something in him. Uh, AEW's new TV deal. I want to ask you about this one. So the deal calls for two more hours of, uh, of television. One of those hours is going to be dark. The word is that the extra two hours is essentially going to be just a two-hour version of dark. And uh, they signed Taz to do commentary. He's, he's, uh, he signed full-time, and he's presumably going to do commentary for that new show. My question for you is, what night? Like, when do you think they're going to do this? It, they struggled just to get Wednesday for Dynamite, like, to come to that decision. And now you got to do another one. What night do you think they're looking at? If I were them, ugh, if a two-hour show. See, the thing is, if Raw ended at 10 on Mondays, I'd be like, do it, do it at 10 on Monday nights. But 11, going from 11 to 1 is tough. Do you really want to go and fill that Thursday hole that's there and, like, oh, man. That's then so you're back-to-back -back nights, too. You know what I mean? You're back-to-back yeah, -back nights. Do you want to really wait until Tuesday like AEW Dark does now and you're airing six-day-old footage? Right. Especially I mean, with that demographic. Like, their demographic, as is, they're watching on DVR. 
I, I will say this. To be fair, every week an AEW dark match happens, and I'm like, damn, really? They, they brought them in. I forgot about that because it happened a full week ago, and the news cycle has, has continued. Mm-hmm. Now, now, not everybody follows it the way that, that we have to, but ugh, if I don't know if it's going to be prime time or not. If it's not prime time, I would say – maybe Fridays at 10 after SmackDown or Saturday morning show. Mm-hmm. A lot of people have said, oh, what about 6.05 on TNT? And I was like, well, I don't think they do Turner time anymore there, but that's also a prime movie slot time for TNT. So, Did you I notice, uh, I was going to talk about NWA Power later, but uh, I couldn't help but notice that NWA Power, they're doing that tournament for, I think it would be the television title, and the time limits of the matches are six minutes and five seconds. Did you notice that? Yes. And when I when I saw that six minutes and five seconds, I was like, ah, I see what you did there. And you know? I, yeah, they, they do that a lot. I mean, they ran their last pay-per-view and they started at like 6 p.m. And I was like, whoa, right. this is awesome. They got it done before all the UFC fights that happened that night. Right. I, I like that because that's a new element, Jimmy. These people know that if they want to advance, they got to get this this match done in six minutes. I like that. I think that's a, a nice wrinkle. You know what? We might as well talk about the NWA NWA now. I was going to talk about it later, but I feel like, and we've talked about this a little bit before, I feel like the brand has lost a lot of buzz. I feel like momentum has slowed. Uh, I think the renewed partnership with Ring of Honor is going to be good for them because you can have guys like Marty Skrull on the show. You can also have uh, NWA talent like Nick Aldis on the Ring of Honor show. I think it's mutually beneficial. But I watched the latest episode of Power because I wanted to see Ricky Morton, Nick Aldis. Mm-hmm. Uh, I watched that and I thought to myself, what was the benefit to that whole thing? You know how I always like to say, what's the benefit? Kudos to Nick, Nick Aldis because he carried Ricky Morton through that match. Ricky Morton did not take one bump in that match. He mostly just did punches and clotheslines and rest holes and stuff. At one point, Ricky Morton did a Hurricane Rana in which Nick Aldis had to power him up. He literally had to power him up in order to roll through on the uh, Hurricane Rana. Like, he totally carried it. But I watched that thinking to myself, what's the benefit? Because Nick Aldis is your champion. You're making him look weak for, how old is Ricky Morton? 60? Maybe older yeah. than 60? So you're making The novelty's Nick, gone. The novelty's gone, and it, they made it a lengthy, competitive match. They made Ricky Morton look strong for what? You know what I mean? And I just watched it thinking to myself... Like you just said, the novelty's gone. They've overexposed nostalgia. They've overused it. Uh, I don't know what their game plan's going to be long-term, but like Nick Aldis, I think, is a quality talent. They have other guys that are, they can build around. they got to lay off some of this nostalgia stuff, especially, yes. when, especially when you're putting Ricky Morton in a 10-minute match. Like, like the what thing the hell? Is, th- there are some people that are pushing 40 or they're 40, like Melina, like Elijah Burke. I love them bringing those people in because they don't have – they're not like – fresh off of runs or anything. We've seen the Rock and Roll Express used as the Nostalgia Act already multiple times in the past year. Right. We've already seen that. Right. We haven't seen Melina running around on Ring of Honor and Janela's Spring Break. We haven't seen Elijah Burke doing that stuff, but they have a lot of global exposure. I was fine with the Rock and Roll Express doing their, their tag title win even. We'll get the titles off of them. This is starting to look a lot like Melissa versus SRS. You got the Nick all this right here. And, but uh, Melissa never shows up. In fact, somebody says, Anakin says, is Melissa the Brock Lesnar of Fightful? Brock Lesnar doesn't have to cheat to win. Melissa has to cheat to beat me every single time. So what happened in that last opportunity that we just saw at the top of the show? How did she cheat in that one? 
I was jet lagged, Jimmy. I was very tired. Um, I was I was tired. I mean, the one thing I want to say about what you said about uh, using forty somethings, forty somethings can still go. Exactly. Brock Lesnar is like 41, 42, and he's still phenomenal. Elijah Burke is still in shape. Ricky Morton, with all due respect to him, he's a few years from Social Security. Yeah, and you know what I'm uh, saying? If, yeah, exactly. If I were NWA, I'd be using Elijah Burke in the ring. Not, uh, as a manager, sure, that's fine. But, man, he can still go in the ring, too, and I would, I would be utilizing that because you want to talk about a fit like a glove for the yeah. NWA, that's Elijah Burke, man, uh, one of the great dudes in wrestling, too. So I had said that I was going to do Stupid People every other week moving forward. You La- said once a month. Yeah, and then I changed my mind because I like it. So we're going to do it. <laughs> that's, that's a very Vince McMahon thing to do. <laughs> so we're going to do it every other week. Now, last week we taped a show. The show did not air because we didn't record our audio. But I didn't do Stupid People last week because I was honoring the every other week thing. That means that this week, Camillo, let's go to Stupid People. I'm going to no-sell it. Stupid people is what this segment's called. You might wonder why we do it. It's not about wrestling at all. Used to be WWE's weekly usage of stupid nicknames, which we did hoping they'd stop giving wrestlers lame names. But it didn't work, so we gave up. In the new segment, we came up with this stupid people. Stupid people, stupid people. Duh. I got to tell you, when I only have to do three of these, Sean, I have such better ones to choose from. I know. Less is more, Jimmy. Less is more. I could do six like I used to and still find good ones because there are a lot more stupid people maybe than there used to be. But finding three. Let me say first, after this, go to FightfulSelect.com. We got the list goes on. I am going to talk about uh, the Viceland series, uh, Dark Side of the Ring. We got some stuff about that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to talk about Mike Kanellis. We're going to talk about Lars Sullivan. Uh, we're going to talk about Mandy like. Rose and Otis. So uh, tune in to The List Goes On after this. But I got some good ones for you again here, man. This first one, reported by the Pioneer Press on January 9th. Sometimes some of these stories that I tell, Sean, you almost can have a visual of it in your mind, some of these. So this one, Pioneer Press, January 9th. There's a 40-year-old man out of St. Paul, Minnesota. His name is Quincy Gerard Petty. Okay. He, He came up with a plan to rob a Dollar Tree store on Christmas Eve, Sean. All right? His plan was that he was going to wear a mask over his face to, to hide his identity. He was going to approach the checkout. Uh, he was going to, you know, um, utter a threat and demand that the employee empty the register. That was his plan. And he did just that. But there was a problem. What was the problem, I, Sean? Well, I know the problem. There was uh, actually a, a 10-year-old boy who had been lost. He came from Chicago to New York. He was there without his family, and he threw a rock through the through the the window, and alerted the police. You're close. And then, then this lady with pigeon shit all over her threw bird seed on them, and it was a whole thing. You're very close. What happened was he forgot to pull the mask down over his face. <laughs> So he put the mask on, forgot to put it down over his face. There was a second problem, Sean. Do you know what the second problem was? The man that hit them with the shovel? (laughs) So he was the boyfriend of another employee, aside from the one that he approached. So the inside job. The boyfriend of an employee forgot to pull the mask over his face, robbing the Dollar Tree. And what makes it even more humorous is that 
he could tell by the way the employee was looking at him when he approached to register. He could tell that they could see the world got him in the eye, and that's yeah. when light bulb went off. And he actually pulled the mask down over his face, continued on with the robbery, was able to get away with uh, $2,000, but was very easily identified. They knew him because he was the boyfriend yeah, of, of an employee. And so uh, they tracked him down, and he's been charged with uh, one count of simple robbery. My this God. Guy. Isn't it amazing that he still decided, oh, they saw me. Yeah, let's do it anyway. I'm, I'm really, as this happened, I've, for some reason, reflected a lot more on Home Alone 2. And I know this is out of place, Jimmy, but do you realize what a piece of shit Kevin McAllister is? The kid. Yeah. I mean. Uh, why, because he gave gum as a tip? Well, not that. I mean, that's pretty much what I'd do at any hotel you book me at in Toronto because they're too fancy for me. Uh-huh. Uh, but at the end of the movie, he walks up to old homeless lady with pigeon shit all over her, right? What yep. does he give her, Jimmy? He gave her a turtle dove. If I was her, I would say, bitch, give me some food. You just ran up a $900 room service bill, you little twat. How would the pigeon lady know that? I mean, because her dad, his dad screamed it. That Did was he? the end of the movie. Okay, I don't Remember, recall his dad. I vaguely. His dad screamed it so loud that Kevin McAllister heard it through the soundproof hotel windows that they, they make like that so you won't jump out of them and kill yourself. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And heard it down the street. His dad goes, Kevin, you spent $986 on room service. I kind and of Kevin goes, that. <gasps> and at that point, pigeon shit lady's got to be like, this little bitch. Gave me a turtle dove. Gave me a turtle dove. This next one was reported by WRAL. Piece of shit. <laughs> out of Raleigh, North, North Carolina on December 3rd. This is another one of those stupid sad stories. Every now and yeah. then we have a, a stupid sad story. So there was a 61-year-old woman out of Zulon, North Carolina. Uh, and for health reasons, she had to use an oxygen tank, you yeah. know, to, to help her breathe. One morning, she decided to smoke a cigarette. What happened next? Um, she blew up, Jimmy. She, she blew up. She blew up. She died? Yes. R.I.P. She triggered an explosion lighting a cigarette while wearing an oxygen, ta- an oxygen mask. Man. How do you I not saw- know that, Nigel? How do you not know that? I saw a guy get punched in the face for smoking uh, and throwing a cigarette next to a, a gas thing, a gas pump. Um, really? he, was sm- he was smoking and he threw it down. Like he didn't put it out. He threw it down and he chain smoked. He lit up another one. And a guy had right before that asked him, Hey, please don't do that. It's a gas pump. Uh-huh. And then like, I'm sure that he did it just to be an asshole. Uh-huh. And as soon as he lit that thing up, he got decked. And it where was- did, what, what part of his face did you punch him? <laughs> I wish that were me. I wish that were me. All right, this last one's for the SRS file, reported by the UK Sun on January 15. So pictures of a new doll went viral after this doll was spotted at a Russian toy store. Oh, Why, boy. What do you think it was about this doll that made the pictures go viral? It had balls. It's a transgender doll. We have a picture. Put it up, Camillo. Well, there you go, Sean. I was, I was right. It's being called among the first child transgender dolls in the world. A blonde-haired, blue-eyed, kind of freaky-looking face there. Transgender doll. 
that they're selling at this uh, shop in Russia. Look at that. I gotta say, Jimmy, about once a month I hit on these and I just say something so like ridiculous that it's true. I mean, I don't think that transgender is ridiculous or anything. Piss off guys. Don't don't get all upset about that. I'm I think saying, I think that if your answer is balls enough times, you're finally gonna hit the mark. You know what I mean? On this segment, probably. Yeah, that's a big part of it. Let me ask you about uh, I I gotta give props because this guy somehow Finds a way to stay relevant when he's not relevant. What Mate. is going on with Tomatonga and Enzo Amore? How does Enzo Amore continue to pop up in wrestling news circles? What's the story? Because he's very popular, quite frankly. Um, when we were at WrestleCade, he had one of the longest lines. He's a very popular dude. He's a very engaging dude. And people, there, there are a certain subsection of people that like him and— they're, they compare him to the Attitude Era as if he's like some last remaining beacon of that because they're fucking dumb, first off. But he is a very engaging guy, and honestly, he's pretty good to his fans. But he's also a pretty famous dude, all things considered, in the wrestling world. So, I mean, Thomas giving him to play. So, so what happened? I heard something about a $25,000 charity nobody challenge. Off- nobody offered him $25,000. WrestleCon said they didn't do it. They didn't do it. Um, and Enzo said it was the weekend convention. Well, a lot of people assume WrestleCon because that is the weekend convention, but he didn't say which one as if there were more or anything. But, uh, yeah, Tama, it, Tama wants to do it, yeah. but nobody's paying $25,000 for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it'd Anakin, be a... Anakin just spent $2 to say that doll is scarier than Mr. X from Resident Evil. I'm not a Resident Evil guy, so I don't know what the hell Mr. X looks like, but I'll, I'll take his word for it. Yeah. Last thing on my list this week, I want to talk about the Viking Raiders uh, because I do not like their prospects after dropping the tag titles to Seth Rollins and, uh, and Buddy Murphy. Uh, we've talked about this before. I think fans are confused by their act. I think they don't know how to take them. They wear goofy headgear. They look like cartoon characters. When they cut promos, they, they kind of sound like the Ultimate Warrior. Uh, they act like heels, but they book them as baby faces. I think people are confused by them, and it's unfortunate because once the bell rings, they're great in the ring. They're innovative. Yeah. You know, they they do some very innovative stuff, especially for bigger guys. But I think people don't know how to take them. Uh, and once I saw them lose those tag titles, and not only that, they lost the tag titles, and then Rollins and Buddy Murphy seemingly moved on to Kevin Owens and Samoa Joe. When I saw that, I thought they're dead in the water. Like, they're dead in the water. I don't think Vince McMahon's going to have a clue what to do with them moving forward. I think that they're going to need an overhaul to their uh, to their look, I think. I don't think they're dead in the water. I think at least a, a, up until about a month, month and a half ago, they were really over. Really, they were. Really I agree. Over. I agree. But uh, honestly, they had run through the division. They beat Hawkins and Ryder. They beat Street Profits twice. They beat the OC. They beat the OC like six times. They beat them so many times that they had to make the OC beat them a couple times to make anybody think that they could do it. Right. AOP wasn't going to be the team that they faced right now because obviously they think that there's something else for that down the line. So I'm, I'm fine with Rollins and Buddy Murphy, and it makes the tag titles seem a little bit more important than a guy who just had the universal title wants them. I'm, I'm cool with it. I'm fine with it. Uh, I do want to see the Viking Raiders kept strong, though. I don't want them to see to become just another act. No, I agree, and I, you know, I'm not saying I, I didn't like Rollins and Murphy because I do, 
Yeah. Uh, winning it, I thought was great. I just look at the Viking Raiders and I see them as being the casualty of the whole how, thing. How about this on the Lost podcast last week? You said that you wanted to see Buddy Murphy humanize a little bit, look a little bit more normal, wear suit to the ring, all yes, that. He did. did that this week. Yes, I did. I'm convinced that they heard us, even though there was no audio, Sean. WWE's tapping into the back channels. They they content ID'd us and. Yeah, I know. I mean, that, that was a logical thing to do. I mean, uh, the AOP already wears suits. Rollins does sometimes now, too. It was a logical thing to do. I still hate his ring gear. Uh, I still think they should change his ring gear. But uh, he looked a lot better. He, he looked like he belonged when he was in the ring with those guys. I do think that Buddy Murphy, and I don't know if he has it in him, he's got to work on his mannerisms. He's got to work on playing the crowd. He's got to work on that aspect of his game because when they came to the ring, him and Rollins, Rollins has really grasped this heel you know, character, uh, and Rollins is really playing it up. Murphy was just kind of standing next to him. You know what I mean? Like, he's, he's got to work on that aspect, and maybe he doesn't have it in him. Maybe he just doesn't have that level of charisma. This is his shot. Like, he's never going to get a better opportunity at this stage. And so I guess we're going to see whether he can sink or swim. But as he is, it's not going to be good enough. Like, he's got to work on, on his charisma playing the crowd. We'll see what happens. Yep. Uh, I'm excited about the change for Buddy Murphy. I think it was the right thing to do because I wanted something a little bit different for him. Mm-hmm. But I, I think the way that they pulled it ended up a lot better. But um, you guys will end up a lot better when you subscribe to FightfulSelect.com. Go ahead and do that. Uh, support us directly. Uh, Jimmy's mentioned this a couple times. We're working on integrating that into Fightful.com later this year. And I am very excited for that. We'll be able to give you guys more than ever. But Jump on the bandwagon early, my friends. We have dozens of retro reviews. I do Q&As all the time. Jimmy's got several Q&As up there. It's a lot of fun. But tonight, we have the Wednesday Night War podcast. If if maybe you just hate Jimmy and Sean, well, we got another news podcast on Thursdays now, the Distraction Podcast, lead wrestling writer uh, Jeremy Lambert and uh, our, one of our top feature writers, Joe Holbert. It's it's essentially the list in your Brit, basically. It's... It's it's another guy from the southeast and then a guy from overseas. Canada wasn't far enough, so make sure you guys check that out. Leave a thumbs up, subscribe, hit that bell for notifications, my friends, because YouTube's throttling us. Till next time, we're out. Subscribe to Fightful on YouTube for the latest exclusive podcasts, interviews, and news across boxing, MMA, and pro wrestling. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.